everyone. Welcome back to Who's There. I'm your host, Allison. If you're new here, thank you for joining us. This is a podcast where I talk to a new horror fan every week because I hope to destigmatize what it means to be a horror movie fan. Because most of us are just regular people who like the adrenaline rush for being scared for some reason. And here we delve into all of those reasons. I'm so excited because this week we have horror producer and director Devin Shepard on the show. Devin and I connected over Twitter and I had such a great time chatting with her about her journey in the horror industry and also about her podcasts. We both happen to live in New York, so just a couple of days ago we got together and got lunch and we also nerded out over horror movies almost the entire time. Duh. One last thing before we get get into this episode, if you love the show and haven't left us a review on iTunes yet, I'd be so grateful if you could take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our feed wherever you listen to us. Also, review us on Spotify. Thank you to everyone who's already left us a review. It's so appreciated as it really helps people to find us. I think I rambled enough, so let's get into this week's episode with Devin Shepard. This week, I have the host of the Cryptids podcast and the Cadaver Dogs podcast on the show, and she's also a producer on A Nightmare Wakes and One Last Call. Her name is Devin Shepard, and I'm super excited to chat with her, so let's get the show on the road. Hey, Devin, how are you? Hey, Allison. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me here. Oh, thank you for being here. Do you want to start by telling everyone a little bit about yourself? Yeah, of course. I am primarily a filmmaker and podcaster, huge time horror fan, ended up finally making it a career, which has been really great. Yeah. Like, like you said, at the top, I'm mostly a producer. So I've done a bunch of horror shorts that have screened all around my first feature. A Nightmare Wakes is a Shudder original it came out last year. You can go watch it on Shudder. And then I also directed and produced the fiction horror podcast cryptids, which you mentioned, which was my, my first foray into directing, which was pretty exciting. And I said, you know, the first thing that I want to do to direct is going to be going to be a horror sci-fi. So (laughs) jumped right into that one. And yeah. And then the cadaver dogs podcast that I do with a couple of my horror friends is a horror analysis pod where we take two films with similar themes and we compare them with each other and talk about the cultural influences in horror. Awesome. I saw that you recently did an episode on hereditary and pet cemetery. Yes, we went, very deep and very dark into grief in those mil- in those movies. It was it was it was rather hard. Both of my co-hosts actually just experienced a loss in their families, and they thought that the best way to get through it is through horror films. And so many horror films actually cover grief, and I know you've talked about them a lot on on your show as well. And we thought that those two were such a good example of really uh, hard hitting grief. That's awesome. I love the movie Hereditary. I rewatched it last night, actually. So <laughs> it's terrifying. Uh, yeah, it's never it's never not not good. So in like <laughs> yes. the worst way possible. So so first things first, what's your favorite scary movie? Ooh, I almost pictured you saying that as like Ghostface. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite is Poltergeist. It is my all time favorite movie, actually, like ever overly obsessed. <laughs> How come? You know, I've been thinking about this a lot recently. And I think like every year I come back to this film and really examine like why I've fallen in love with it and why through the years, my relationship to it has changed. And I think in this past year, I realized that it was actually the first one that I think I was, I watched it when I was really little. And like, it was the first horror movie that I really started to understand beyond a like surface level. And my dad had shown it to me. And I think there's also like this 
it, it's like the film that like is our relationship, you know, he's such a big horror lover and he was so excited to show us this movie. <laughs> and I think like, because I immediately loved it so much, we like had this kinship about this movie specifically, and which is just a plus too, that it's about a family film and, and yeah. about parents and their children. And I think that just like adds to it so much. So I think that that's a big reason why, but there are so many more. I mean, Tangina for one of them, I love her till the ends of the earth. <laughs> Very cool. Did you grow up watching a lot of horror movies with your dad since he was a big fan? Oh, so much. Yeah. I like to, I like to tell people that like, I I grew up, my dad was very strict about what movies we watched. Like (laughs) even when I was 15 years old, could not watch PG 13 movies. He was like, so against us watching anything. Wow. I, yeah, it was weird. But if it was a horror movie rating, didn't matter. We could, we could watch it. It was fine. Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah. I was about to say what horror movies are PG, but I mean, gremlins. So yeah, probably (laughs) the only one maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me know out there if you know of a PG horror movie. That's very cool. So how did you first fall in love with the horror genre? I think that was really it. And through my father and then kind of taking it on through my own, I'd watch it with my friends. I think, you know, everyone tends to say this, but I, I think going to Blockbuster and having the autonomy to just like pick out whatever you want. And as a kid going to like the scariest cover and being like, I can get this because my parents aren't here and I have the blockbuster card, so I can rent (laughs) this movie and then being absolutely terrified, but loving it because it was something that you chose, you know, that no one was telling you to watch. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Why do you think that people who seem perfectly sane love the horror genre? (laughs) Oh my God. I love it. It's a great question for me. I think the, the go-to recently, I think all the other studies have been coming out, especially after the pandemic of like the people who are anxious are really attracted to horror films because it shows some like rea- or like soothingness to their anxiety, which mm-hmm. I, I definitely agree with. But I also think that there's this freedom in the horror genre. I think it's one of the few genres left in filmmaking where you really can just go balls to the wall artsy and take chances and I think, you know, people don't take that for granted. And a lot of people who, who like art and like experiencing art, find it in the horror genre. So we're saying we're just, you know, think outside of the box sometimes. <laughs> I love that. What's your favorite subgenre in horror? Ooh, I think if I were to scroll through the like streaming services, I probably would always choose a random paranormal horror film those are usually the ones that really attract me. They're, they, they do scare me. And I think there's just something really interesting about the unknowing of the paranormal that is still being explored so much throughout these films and always still questioning. And I like experiencing that, that mystery. Nice. Are you a skeptic or do you believe in ghosts? I, I I do believe in ghosts over time. My belief system has changed recently i was like hardcore believing do you believe in ghosts should i like oh you you can say whatever you want yeah i think i believe in ghosts i think it's sort of fun to believe in ghosts so right that's it though right it's 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 fun and especially as a kid like it's fun to tell yourself scary stories and to to have that power over yourself and to like i don't know make something exciting if you go to an old house pretend it's haunted i think it really instilled with me 
the idea that ghosts were real and just recently starting to like change my ideas more towards like energies and the power of, of people more so who are creating these ghosts. And there's that famous experiment. Um, oh shoot. I always forget the name. It's, it's like, it's, it's an experiment where these people all came together as a psychology experiment and they created this ghost. Essentially they came up with a backstory mm-hmm. and like all started hearing rappings on the tables and it's recreated in what is that Olivia cook horror film that takes place in the seventies. That's in England. Do you know what I'm talking about? She's like, um, she's like locked up in a building and it's, mm-hmm. is it Kenneth Branagh? Kenneth Branagh's in it. What year did it come up? Probably like 2013. No, 2016. The library. It's like the, mm, Ouija. No, maybe it's not. Olivia. The signal, the quiet ones, the quiet ones. Yeah. The quiet ones. Yes. Yes. I've, I think I've seen that. Yes. I definitely have seen that one. Yeah. That's what I thought you were referencing. So yes. It's like the one that's like kind of somebody's and not really, yeah. but that's like roughly based on that experiment. And then, Oh, I think the quiet man also, also quiet was based Ooh. on that experiment. Oh, I've never, I've never heard of, heard of that. So that's a weird one. Recommend it's, it's, it's strange. It's long. It like took forever <laughs> to make and took forever to come out, but like, it's a, it's a fascinating movie. <laughs> okay, cool. Cool. Do you listen to the podcast and that's why we drink? Yes, I do. Yeah. I thought, I thought that that would be up your alley. They just did an episode. Their episode this week was, and it was about kind of like energies and like memories being left in places and still living there. Oh, cool. Yeah. That yeah. sounds exactly like, yeah, I haven't yeah. listened to that one yet, but that's kind of like, yeah, where my mindset has yeah. gone. I'll have to listen to it. Yeah. The Philip experiment. It's called the Philip experiment. Oh, okay. Cool. Have you seen, since you like paranormal um, movies, do you, have you seen like Mungo? No, it is like number one on my list. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. You should definitely watch it. It's, it's very good. It's very spooky. And there are a lot of like twists and turns. I want to rewatch it again. I've only seen it once, but I don't know if it would hit the same way a second time. Yeah. Everyone keeps telling me that like, it's freaky. It keeps coming up in conversation. I just have to bite the bullet and do it. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think you should watch it tonight. No pressure. That's a good idea. It's good. (laughs) It's going to be dark soon. It's not dark yet, but soon. (laughs) I will be home alone tonight. So perfect. (laughs) Yes. Awesome. Best way to watch a horror movie. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So who would you say are your favorite horror directors? Ooh, I do love Wes Craven. Wes Craven's always a favorite of mine. I'm a big scream fan. If you can't tell from yep. my scream poster <laughs> behind me, <laughs> I love, I love Wes. I, I have been getting more and more into Cronenberg. I've l- always loved Videodrome, but like, just have been like, so I've been discovering more and more of his stuff. And it's been fun to go down the, the crazy hole that is Cronenberg. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. I'm actually going to see Videodrome on the 15th, I guess it is. No, the 16th at a uh, Nighthawk in Brooklyn. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I've never seen it before. So it's going to be my first time. I don't really think Cronenberg movies are my thing, but I'm trying to be open-minded. So. I feel like that one's a classic. So I'm curious what your <laughs> thoughts will be after Videodrome. What were the, yeah. what other ones have you seen that were like, eh, maybe not. I, the only other Cronenberg movie I've seen is the fly. And that's because I love Jeff Goldblum. So yeah. that's why I watched that, but it was gross. It was, it was really gross. It's really gross. That's probably like the grossest movie. <laughs> okay. Well, that's as gross as it gets for Cronenberg. Then 
that's fine. He, he just does, his body horror is like just it's just creepy. It's yeah. good. <laughs> what did you think of his son's movie? If you've seen oh, it, oh, I, I have, I have. We like to call it Daddy Cronenberg's Little Boy's Big Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why. <laughs> I liked it. I, I, it was like mess with your head, but like so. It was interesting to see like how much the movie was like his dad's films. Mm-hmm. Usually you would think that they would go off and like do their own thing. But I was like, I mean, this could have been a Cronenberg movie like yeah. 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. But I love the woman in it. Was It's, oh gosh, what's her name? Andrea Risenborough, right? She's incredible. She's yeah. like coming out in so many things. And I'm just like, who are you? <laughs> Very cool. I interviewed somebody last year who said that um, Brandon Cronenberg is waiting in the kiddie pool that his dad built for him, which I thought was very funny. So true. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen Possessor yet because I hear that it's very intense with body horror. So. Oh, okay. Oh, so you're not yeah. a body horror person. Mm, okay. No. Not my thing. <laughs> I-, I would be interested then on your Cronenberg adventure. <laughs> yes. Yes. I will. Yes. I will let you know. <laughs> so you love Scream. I see that you have a Scream 4 poster. Is that your favorite Scream? It- installation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It, it holds a special place in my heart. I think. How come? Hey, it, just having the reboot. I think it was like, bef- it was scream was like such a favorite movie of mine. And then to have a time where they rebooted and I could go see a scream film in theaters. I'd never saw any of the originals in theaters because I don't think, I don't think that was one that my dad didn't want me to see. <laughs> <laughs> And so I was like, oh, I get to experience like what felt like the original scream in the theater. And I think, I think they did a good, I'm a, I mean, like I am a stand for scream four and I think they get, did a good job with it. Just modernizing yeah. the themes so well. Yeah. Very cool. What did you think of scream five? I thought it was fun, but I have issues with it. <laughs> oh yeah. Like what? <laughs> My, I thought the acting was a little subpar. Unfortunately, I love Jenna Ortega, of course. Yeah. But I think some of the other performances were a little, when comparing them to like, you know, Neff Campbell and the stars of like the first one, it was, it's just like, it, it shows the difference in like today's big budget horror films, I think, and like what they were making in the 90s. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I thought Melissa Barrera was a little meh. Yeah. Did you like the rest of it? I did. I really liked it. It felt very much like the original to me. So yeah, that's why I liked it. It was very like dark and serious at times. So it was so dark. And they, I think they did a really good job of like not being too fan service but being like just enough yeah. to like, yeah, honor <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me about your podcast, Cadaver Dogs and Cryptids podcast. Yeah. Um, so Cryptids was is a is a fiction podcast that's so a it's a little bit different which is fun. It's just like it's seven episodes. It's a sci-fi horror actually about grief. It explores one man's kind of like acceptance in death. He he's grieving the loss of a loss of a former friend, a former partner, questionable, you find out on the show and he goes searching for the answers in this conspiracy theory that there are gods on the moon that are harvesting human souls. Hmm. Uh, Very weird, but it's, 
I know it's, it's, it's like moon sci-fi, but it's really grounded horror. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Uh-huh. But yeah, it's, it's fun. It's out there. If anyone wants to go listen to it, it's available on all pods. And then in the complete opposite sense, <laughs> cadaver dogs, which we started in the, in the pandemic, me and my, my two friends who are also filmmakers. Yeah. We, we just talk horror movies and like get down and dirty with it and, it's, it's been a fun time. You know, I, I, we started it to, to watch more films and to, I had recently done, I had started a like full-time job that wasn't in uh film or anything creative really. And so I needed that like creative outlet. And we all decided this was going to be the way that we, we can talk about horror movies together. And it's been a way to, to rejoin the horror community after a little while. So it's yeah. been, it's been fun to connect with people through it. Very cool. What is your favorite episode of Cadaver Dogs? Like, what is your favorite movie pairing that you've done? Ooh, we just did this on our anniversary episode, so I really should know the answer here. We did a really fun one. We paired The Town That Dreaded Sundown, the original, and the original Amityville horror, and talked about basically horror films based on true crime and the the rights and the wrongs of telling a tragic true story through the use of horror and to entertain and like if artists should uphold the truth through those or how should they be treating you know the murderers essentially I mean both of them are I guess not serial killers but both of them are mass murderers and in, in those things and we kind of like is it questions if horror movies does glorify these killers or if they show them in a different light so we argue that back and forth a little bit Oh, that's really interesting. What do you think? Do you think horror movies glorify killers or? I think some, possibly some, but <laughs> I, I don't think, no, I, I, I don't think they glorify. I think if anything, it is an exploration into why humans do certain things. I think it more so questions like our relationship with these kind of sensational stories as well. You know, we're, yeah. we're as audience members, just a much a part of them as anyone else. Yeah, definitely. You said that cryptids is kind of like a sci-fi moon podcast story. Yes. <laughs> um, did you see the movie Moonfall? No, I have not. That is also one of my list. Is it, it is terrible? Oh, really? So bad. <laughs> oh no. Okay. Well, bumping it down then. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, if you can watch it for free, fine. But it's like, you think your moon plot is kind of weird and out there the plot in the movie is so convoluted it's like how why why did they do this you didn't have to give us all this backstory oh gosh yeah. can you are there any movie-based plots that are moon-based plots that aren't like a little wacky <laughs> a little wacky is one thing but like like convoluted is understating this plot Oh, wow. I can't think of any other movies that have like moon-based plots. So can you? No, I was going to (laughs) say Brave Little Toaster goes to Mars. And then I was like, oh, but it's Mars. (laughs) (laughs) It's a planet and whatever. It's It's fine. fine. (laughs) (sighs) So you're also a filmmaker. How did you get into producing and directing horror movies? Oh, I mean, that was always the goal, right? Like, yeah. Like I said, like horror was always the genre that was artsy risk-taking and that always attracted me to it. And then I ended up going to film school in New York, which was a blessing. And 
I think my junior year, I found an internship at Larry Fessenden's production company, Glass Eye Picks. And that was, I got the internship and that was like my first real horror job working with them, which was really cool. Cause Larry is like a horror legend and all those people at that company are like, so incredible. They're like really, really loving indie filmmakers beyond just like the horror genre in general and have really like fostered this community around them. I feel like if you know one, I'm sure like, do you know them at all? They were like mm-hmm. very integrated into <laughs> the New York indie horror scene. They just know everybody and they kind of just, they were so great. They introduced me to everyone. My boss, Jen Wexler, who did the Ranger on Shutter, she was kind of just like took me under her wing and just like told me like how to, you know, do how to be an indie producer and how to be a female indie producer in horror. That was a big thing that is different. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's very cool. What has been your favorite movie that you've produced or directed so far? I have to say A Nightmare Wakes just because it was it just such a labor of love. That was a big film. First feature that we had worked on for like five years, just like worked so hard to get that thing done. And I had made it with, with my film producer or film partner at the time who directed the film. And it was like her first script. And it's for anyone who doesn't know, it's about Mary Shelley as she's creating Frankenstein. And so it's kind of a retelling of Frankenstein, but also a retelling of Mary Shelley's story and how a young woman of 18 essentially invented the horror genre, which is just so inspirational for all the reasons that I said before as a woman in horror. So it was just, I feel really, really lucky to like be a part of telling her story again through a feminist, a more feminist lens this time around. That's awesome. I think there's, no, I think that's a different, a different female writer who has a bio, like a fictional biopic on Hulu, which Elizabeth Moss plays her. I think I can't remember. I feel like, Oh, are you thinking of Shirley? Yes. Yeah. Shirley Jackson. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. It's good. I've never watched it. It's good. It's, it's, it's head fuck uppery for sure. Oh, Oh, okay. Great. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. So do you have any future projects that you're working on? Right now? I'm just kind of devoting my time to the podcast. I am taking a kind of break, I guess. I know you shouldn't ever say that, but it just feels nice to just come back to the horror community and come back to like watching movies and talking about movies without like the intention of making them, mm-hmm. which has been nice. And I'm always flirting with stuff. I do have a short, I do have a short film actually coming out. Um, it's hitting the film festival circuit. Now it's called eat. And we made that in the pandemic and we shot it through zoom. Well, no, <laughs> we not through zoom, but you know, we were, all the producers were calling in from like Ireland and LA and New York oh, cool. and, a very complicated, but, but fun, uh, little zombie flick. Awesome. What film festivals is it, um, going to be in? I cannot say Uh, yes, but hopefully something big soon. We'll see. Okay, cool. (laughs) Uh, do you have any tips out there for any women that are looking to get into making or producing horror movies? Oh my gosh. Join the community. I mean, like this, podcast and I'm going to toot your own horn here. I mean, what you've been doing here that I really love is that you've been cultivating the the horror community and have 
shown just like how many awesome people are out there and you've had so many female horror community members on here as well. And I think like that was always something that I loved about the horror community and everyone knows somebody. And that's kind of how I felt we've made these movies is everyone just comes together in support of the genre and in support of each other and support of each other as, as filmmakers. So go out there and like find these people and go talk horror. It's fun, but it also like helps your career blossom for sure. Well, thank you for the kind words that you said. And thank you for that advice. If in case anyone's listening that needs it, an article came out in 2020 that said that horror movie fans were handling lockdown better than non-horror movie fans. Why do you think that was the case? (laughs) I feel like the go-to answer here is definitely because, oh, we have experienced this so many times via (laughs) movies that we know how to handle it. I think it's also the anxiety thing that I said earlier too, of like, we probably all have some sort of, or most of us have some sort of anxiety already built within us. So can't raise it that much higher or you can, but I think there is a, we found our outlet in horror to like comfort that anxiety. And maybe that's why is that we already know what our comfort zone is. I don't know. I do. I do like that. I felt like horror kind of was rediscovered again by more people in the pandemic, just because they had the, the time to sit down and watch it with a serious I (laughs) and not like dismiss it. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that's probably, probably true. I watched way too many movies in 2020. Oh yes. (laughs) What was a big one that you either revisited or discovered that you loved? Oh God. I have no idea. I did rewatch hereditary for the first time during like the height of the pandemic. Oh gosh. Great. I, I remember I sat down with my then, then partner and we watched it. And I was like, do you, what do you think? He was like, I was like, did you like it? He was like, no, I felt terrible the entire time. I was oh like, my it worked. <laughs> There's something about the score in the movie that just puts you on edge. And it's amazing. It's so unnerving. Yeah. It's yeah. like intense. <laughs> oh, I just want to go watch it again now. I did discover like Mungo during the pandemic and what else did I watch the movie triangle for the first time? I don't remember how much triangle for the first time in 2020 or 2021, but yeah, (laughs) that was the one. A lot of people were like telling me to watch at that time. I still haven't watched it. I am so bad at taking people's advice, but (laughs) you should, it's it's very, very good. Yeah. I've heard it's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) How do you decide what horror movie to watch when you're just hanging out and looking for something to watch? Hmm. Well, as you can tell, it's not by taking anyone's advice because I am <laughs> really bad at that. I have a very long list of horror movies to watch and I never choose off of the list. Um, <laughs> I usually like to scroll and read the description. I don't like watching the trailers and I'll see if it's like, usually if it's like an older movie of a director that I love or a producer that I love, I'll watch it. Or sometimes just random. If a random one calls to me, I'll want to watch it. I really love just diving into some films that maybe other people haven't seen or haven't, haven't recommended to me and just kind of like going, going that way. I guess going with my gut is really like the quick answer there. Are there any horror movies that you won't watch or that you won't watch ever again? Oh, like I'm too scared to watch again or disgusted or yeah any all of the above hmm 
you know what? I know this is kind of a boring answer, but I'm going to say no. And I think something that I've discovered recently through the podcast that I've been doing the cadaver dogs is that everything's worth a rewatch. I actually didn't like hereditary the first time <laughs> I saw it. I actually like really didn't like it. And then we, we rewatched it for the podcast and I was, and we were talking about it and like through our conversation, I was like, Oh, I see what they're doing now. Okay. Now I like it a little bit more. And I think like everything yeah, everything deserves a, a rewatch because I think you'll come back to it with a different lens, maybe. Hmm. That's a really good answer. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had any noteworthy experiences seeing a horror movie in theaters? Ooh, noteworthy experiences. Mm, nothing immediately comes to mind. I do, I do really love the Purge movies. And they they came out originally when I was in college. And so it was also a time that we were like just debaucherous and <laughs> a little silly. So we would always like go to go to a late showing and like get really drunk and then reenact <laughs> the purge in the theater with everyone <laughs> still watching the credits. I, you know, we were 20, <laughs> like, yeah. not even young enough to be doing that, but still so yeah. much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. What did you think of the forever purge? I haven't seen it yet. I, uh, my partner has never seen them. And so I'm showing him the films uh, in order. And so we're watching them together and we are not yet nice. at the forever purge. And that's like the, the like little treat at the end is that he gets to watch it for the, for my first viewing as well. Very cool. Before the forever purge came out last year, my friend and I watched all four movies back to back. Oh, it was, it was not a fun time. They just, <laughs> they leave you feeling terrible about the state of the world. Yeah, they so. really do. The political views in those films, like I just respect because they, yeah, they really do affect you in a way that yeah. is like the world is shit. <laughs> yeah. But I do, I do love those movies. I think they're a lot of fun slash terrible. Yeah. Yeah, no, they are. And I think that's what makes them so good is like, there is that sliver of truth to them where like, no, I could see this happening. Like it's so far-fetched, but like, not really. Yeah. It's like, mm, we were like, this would never happen. And then January 6th happened. We're like, oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh -huh. We get it. We get it. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. I am curious of watching election, put the purge election year yeah. after January 6th. I haven't done that yet. Mm, mm. That's going to be a fun one. I think that that might be my favorite purge movie. I tried watching that. I worked the polls in my neighborhood on election day in 2020. And then I came home and I put that on and ate a piece of like THC chocolate. I don't remember any of what I watched. I'd seen it before, <laughs> but I was like, this has been a day. I've been up since 4 a.m. Let's go. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so what has been your favorite horror movie that you've seen so far in 2022? Oh, I watched The Night House a couple of months ago. Oh, yeah. Have you seen it yet? I have seen it. Yeah, I saw it in theaters. Oh, uh, that movie, I, I did watch it at home alone, <laughs> which was very dumb because the whole movie is about like him not being in the house with yeah. her. And my partner was also gone. And I was <laughs> like, oh, my God, he's a ghost. So that was terrifying. But I also think it was just like so just such an amazing view of depression and grief and oh, just a unique way to, to show those anxieties, I think. And I love Rebecca Hall. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. Incredible. I thought it was really beautifully shot. 
So gorgeous. Yeah. I need, I need to rewatch it. I know it's on HBO go, so I will do that soon. Yeah. (laughs) Don't do it alone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'll have my cats with me. So there you go. (laughs) What horror movie are you most looking forward to seeing in the rest of 2022? Oh gosh. I'm thinking one that's like not a reboot, which might be hard. I'm kind of excited to see Firestarter, which comes out this weekend. I I feel like it'll be a good, that that counts as a reboot though. Um, Oh, I am excited for the new Micah Monroe movie. Oh, Watcher. I've heard, I've heard of it. I knew she was in something new, but yeah, I just miss her. (laughs) Yeah. She's great. I think it played at Sundance and it got some pretty good reviews out of Sundance as all horror movies. I'm just any horror movie that plays Sundance. I'm immediately there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Are there any horror movies that you love that people generally don't like, or do you have any um, hot takes on horror movies? Ooh, hot takes on horror. I do like Rob Zombie. I get a lot of flack for liking Rob Zombie. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) My episode that came out today, Tracy, she went on a little bit of a rant about why she loves Rob Zombie's Halloween. So, oh my gosh, Tracy, yeah. if you're out there, I love <laughs> you. I'm excited to listen to this episode now. <laughs> yeah. So, she, and she made me want to watch it. I've never seen any of Rob Zombie's movies because I hear that they're a little bit like gory. But yeah, but I'm I'm interested. I think it, they would probably be a little bit more entertaining than the original ones because I find the original ones very dull. Yeah, they're definitely they're definitely not dull. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I hear. Yeah. <laughs> Any, any other movies that you love that people generally don't like? Oh gosh. I didn't realize Scream 4 was one until this year. Um, <laughs> I, I've been telling everyone that Scream 4 is my favorite and I love it so much and forcing everyone to go watch it. And no one has the heart to tell me that a lot of people don't like Scream 4. And I was like, when oh. did this come into fruition? What? <laughs> oh, I thought everyone really liked Scream 4. That's what I thought. And then all of a sudden when Scream came out, they were like, no, Scream 4 is like our least liked Scream movie. Oh, that's so, that's so weird. That's, I hadn't heard that um, before when, when everyone was rewatching all the Scream movies, what I heard or read on Twitter most often was that Scream 2 was not as good as they remembered and Scream 3 was not as bad as they remembered. So, yeah. Yeah. I saw that too. Yeah. And Scream 3 definitely getting back in the, into the, into the fold here. And then like, if any other, I, I feel like I usually have the opposite take of a lot of people in a lot of movies. Hereditary was one, but as I said, I have come around <laughs> since, I guess I kind of like it now, but I really did not like it before. <laughs> Good. I can air this episode then. <laughs> <laughs> if you could remake one horror movie, which one would it be? Oh my gosh. Um, oh, that's so good. I want to do a monster movie so badly. It would just be so cool to do, like to create, to recreate one of the old monsters. When they, when they started redoing the invisible man, I was like going back through the universal monsters and I was like, Oh, how can we make the mummy through a modern lens? Or how could we do this through a modern lens? I, the mummy was always one that I went to. Cause I think uh, having grown up with Brendan Fraser's mummy, the way that they took on the modern mummy was really interesting. And I think there's more ways that we can do it. That's like appropriate for the culture probably. So yeah, I think I think we could do that. That'd be a fun one of awesome. feminist cultural truth of the mummy. <laughs> Very cool. I've never seen Brendan Fraser's the mummy. So, oh my gosh, yeah. it counts as horror. It definitely counts as horror. <laughs> okay, cool. It's, it's scary. It's like actually kind of frightening. Okay. I'll have to see where it's streaming and watch it. 
Yeah. I recommend it. <laughs> did you like the remake of the invisible man? I did. Yes. I like, I love Lee Winnell so much. Yeah. And yeah, I love their take on it. They kind of were just like, we're going to do what we want. And it makes sense. I think that's the big thing is like, they didn't try to like keep too true to the original and kind of went with it. And I was like, yeah, that's what it should be. You shouldn't like be too bogged down in the original text as much. Yeah, definitely. My favorite thing about that movie, I think probably has to be the, how small the budget was that they made it with. Cause it looks so good. And I think it cost right? like $9 million or something. They're so good. At, I don't, I don't understand. They're like, just bless them. And thank you for, you know, yeah. showing the world that cheap horror movies still can be so good. Yeah. Like does, did Lee Winnell just like get people to do stuff for free for him? I don't know. <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to spend quarantine with one horror villain, who would it be? Oh, hmm. <laughs> Chucky would make things so much fun. <laughs> don't you think? Just like always just something in the house, dragging something, dragging a dead body in, threatening your friends, always entertaining with Chucky. <laughs> and then if you get, you get bored of him, you just put him in a closet. Yeah, exactly. Night, night. That's it. Goodbye. Do, do a few seances, some late nights, you know, get drunk, start, start a little seance, calling some, some, maybe you spend the weekend as a doll. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here and for chatting with me. Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you on the internet? Yes, I am on Twitter for the most part. My handle is Madam Tyrannosaur. It's MDM Tyrannosaur. So you can find me there, but I am also on Cadaver Dogs Pod basically everywhere. And check us out. I mean, if you like the show, I think you'll like us and hopefully we can have Allison on soon uh, and do a little crossover. Yeah, that'd be so cool. All right. Well, thank you so much again for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. <laughs> That's it for this week's episode of Who's There. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Devin Shepard. And thanks again to Devin for coming on. I'll leave links to her socials and her podcasts in the show notes. You can follow us on Twitter at Who's There Pod or on Instagram at Who's There Podcast. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, horror movie recommendations, or you'd like to be a guest, shoot us an email at Who's There PC at gmail.com. Until next time, stay scary and get vaccinated.